us today. Get into, take your Bibles and turn to the book of, no, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. I'll show you something. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I want you to see this first. This is who we are, and I want you to do this today. If you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, or if you're feeling comfortable doing this, you don't have to do this, uh, but the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So, right? All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's stand in the reverence of God's Word. And we're going to read the Word of God in Ephesians chapter 5, only a few verses, and then we're going to the book of Revelation chapter 15. And I'm not Joel Olstein, but he gets a bad rep sometimes. And he does some crazy things, but i I got to tell you, he's a brother in Christ if he names Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So don't let people pick and choose for you uh, what, who your brother or sister is in Christ. If Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, that makes them your brother or sister in Christ. Amen? So he always he has the Bible, he says, this is the word of God, I am who it says I am. And I believe that. Listen, that is a great way to start. When you look into the word of God, we talk about fear in the book of Revelation. And what God wants to do is reveal the truth to you so the fear will go away and your faith will increase. So the question is, are you a saint of God, yes or no, if you're saved? Yeah, it's not some idol, it's not some, some figure. If you're a Christian, the Bible says you're a saint of God. The promises in the word of God to the saints of God are yours to have. That song, even when the songs we sang, it says uh, almost I hope to, when the trumpet sounds, I hope to be. I change the words. I know I'm going to be, right? I don't hope. I don't, it's like I'm guessing it's going to happen or I, I hope it's a good day. It's, I'm a blood-bought saint of the living God. When that horn goes toot-toot, I'm going to take off. Amen? Amen? That's you and me if you're blood-bought. Claim the promises of God. Now let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, and let's read this together. This is Paul telling to the, the church at Ephesus, has nothing but everything to do with the book of Revelation. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. That means to copy him, follow his ways, and walk in what, church? Love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us, and offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication, all cleanliness, covetousness, let it not be named among you as is fitting for the what? Saints, that's you, that's me. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an adulterer, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Verse 6 is important. Let no one deceive you, saints. With empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon who? The sons of disobedience. It does not come on the saints of God. It comes on the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, therefore, do not be partakers with them. Amen? All right, you may be seated because we have more scripture to read. But I want you to see where Paul is telling the church at Ephesus, imitate Christ. Because Paul will later say, he's coming, he's coming, he's telling the church, he's coming, saints, be like God. How are we like God? In all ways. We, we're like God in the ways that we speak, in the way that we even tell jokes. Can you imagine the Bible says, don't tell dirty jokes. Don't tell, don't speak filthy language. Don't gossip. Don't do the things that God says he wouldn't do. If God wouldn't do it, you shouldn't do it. And if God would do it, you should do it. You never know when God's going to pick you up and have you have influence somewhere else besides just where you are today. You have influence to speak in people's lives. Every day you have a word to say for the Lord. Do you choose to do it? Be imitators of Christ. Now, Revelation chapter 15, let's go there. There's only eight verses in chapter 15. And some of you are saying, thank God, how long can that possibly take? 
But we're going to verse 16 as well, chapter 16 as well. Don't want you to be afraid, neither does God want you to fear, because he wants you to understand he's revealing, he's opening the book to John, so that John, by the Holy Spirit's inspiration, would write down the very things that God says to write down, the very things that God's saying in the future. Now, on your notes, if I got past, present, future mixed up, yes. I'm a futurist. I believe this is still happening in the future. I believe that God's word is true. And I, there's some factual things that are happening here on earth that even the most lost of humans are talking about. Steve was joking with me about a kid. He's got 666 on his tag. Would anybody trade your tag back in if you got 666? Some people freak out over like, it's just numbers. It don't bother me. If you come in walking with 666 tattooed on your forehead, it means nothing. Did you all understand that? That's not the mark of the beast. That's his number, but that means nothing. Don't do it because you'll look stupid and, and, and you'll, you'll show that you actually uh, are pointing your, say, yourself to worshiping the beast. But the number 666 is not going to be the number that's actually going to change you. You can write it on your hand all day long. That's not the number. Everybody's, ooh, that's spooky. That spooks me. Why should it spook you? I'm a saint of God. will never have the mark of the beast. I can't have it because I'm in heaven. He can't get to heaven and tattoo me because I'm in heaven. You're in heaven. So 666 does not scare me one iota. It doesn't scare me one bit. So it doesn't bother me when I see those numbers in order. It doesn't bother me when I read about them in the Bible. There's no fear. My fear is for my brothers and my sisters, my cousins, my aunts, uncles, those, those co-workers, those people who don't know Jesus Christ that's going to be left behind here. Not in the Left Behind series, but left back after the rapture of the church. We're in heaven, and all of this great wrath is happening here on earth. You have friends and family that are going to be left here on this planet. And the wrath of God's coming. We've seen the different uh, judgments of God so far, and God said one-third. This is one-third of God's judgment. One-third of God's judgment. Today we're going to see 100% the complete judgment of God coming. Some people care and some people don't care. Some people say, I got my ticket, I ain't worried about it. Oh, you're worried about it because you're not living for Christ. If you're not imitating Christ on a daily basis, I dare say that you live for him, that you know him personally. You know about him. You said some words. You went to vacation Bible school. You came forward in a church. You were baptized, but you don't know him because if you know him, you'll live for him. You'll feel, this, you'll feel your conscience, and you'll feel the Holy Spirit saying, that's not right. Do right. Do right. Do right. And you can actually suppress that to the point. God says, listen, if you belong to him, he's going to discipline you like a father disciplines his child. How many of you have ever gotten spanked before? Today, parents don't spank. They, don't, they try to talk their kids through, right? It's like home therapy. No, baby. No, 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 ba no baby. Kid, kid, come down. No, no, sweetie. No, don't break the window. No, sweetie. And they tear Walmart up, Dollar General gets ripped in half, right? You ever been in those stores? That's the young generation of today is just suggestive parenting is what I call it. Listen, God's very clear. He says, just like parents discipline, just like a father disciplines his child, how much greater your heavenly father who loves you. Did you know the Bible says if you don't discipline your children, you hate them? Kids, y'all know that? If your mom and daddy don't discipline you, the Bible says they hate you. It says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. How many of y'all would agree that foolishness is bound up in your child's heart? Even today, I got grown children. There's still some foolishness. But I can't, I, uh, the rod's not for me anymore. That's for the Lord, right? Here's what I want you to understand. If we do it God's way, we get what, church? God's results. You say, well, I don't know all of God's ways. Well, if you just read his word, he'll tell you everything you need to know in this life. 
every answer to every prayer, where you should go, what you should do. God will tell you what you should do 100%. He's mean, he'll guide my steps every day. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your paths straight. People say, well, that's just a proverb. That's not a promise. Well, you take it like you like it, okay? I take it as a promise from God because God's not a dummy. Amen? God knows all. God is everywhere all the time. And listen, he says he'll lead me and he'll guide me. I trust him like that. I trust him like he's my heavenly father, like he's the king of kings, like he's the Lord of lords. We sing about him all the time, and we live like we, he don't know who I am. I live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read the word of God now in, in Revelation 15. It's kind of, there's a prelude here for the chapter 16. 16's bad. Kids, listen, there's some bad stuff I'm about to read, but it's in the Bible. And I want you to see it. Parents, I hope you have conversation with it because there's children in this room that are not Christians today. Your children, even the ones back in the nursery, they could be, if the Lord Jesus Christ comes back today, those children could be still in the nursery waiting for somebody to pick them up. You imagine how the social services are going to be so overwhelmed. It's overwhelmed now with all the lawlessness going on. And everybody says, well, Pastor, I just believe my kid's going to be taken. Don't put your beliefs if the Bible doesn't say necessarily what's in the Word of God. If your kid knows right from wrong, don't trust your own loving for your own children that you're right above Scripture. There's going to be people left behind that know about Jesus Christ. They, there's going to be people that know. Like today, if you say 666, people go, ooh. Or we say Armageddon. Everybody's like, That's, you know, all the movies we're having, the end time movies, Armageddon's being glorified and glamorized, and people are watching going, yeah, that's bad. Today, you got a handout. If you get it on the way out, it's just titled Armageddon. It just tells you a brief story of the battle of Armageddon with the future the Bible tells us about. So the word of God, let's look at this prelude here. Before the judgments, uh, chapter 15, verse 1, Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous. This is not like Six Flags or Disney World marvels. This is so overwhelming that it's, Incredible, John's saying. Seven angels having seven last plagues. For in them the wrath of God is, what does your Bible say? Complete. This is 100% throttle. God's pushing the throttle to 100%. And I saw something like, underline in your Bible if you underline, something is not an original. The word like is there. John can't fully understand what he's seeing. So he said, I'm writing down and I see something like. And he's trying to describe it because he doesn't understand what it is fully. He's seeing this holy vision. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. Verse 5, after these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And out of the temple came seven angels, having the seven plagues. They were clothed in pure bright linen, and having their chest girded with golden bands. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke and the glory of God and from his uh, power. And no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Well, that's a mouthful there to, to, to digest and see what the word of God says. 
that creature, one of the four creatures, you've got to go back. We've already preached about the uh, creatures in previous chapters. Go back. The book of Revelation, for the most part, answers the book of Revelation. All you have to do is continue to read. When we, when we feared the great dragon last week, we talked about, who does the Bible say the great dragon is, church? It's Satan. The woman is who? Israel. The child is who? Christ Jesus. There's nothing to fear when you actually take the word upon the word and see what God says to his saints. Why does he tell us we're not even going to be here? Why does God tell us all these facts and all this information? He tells us this, that he would actually fulfill, that we would fulfill the Great Commission. I want you to understand this today. If you take notes, I want you to write this down somewhere. God is holy. God is holy, and he is going to judge sin. He judges two ways. There's only two ways. God is holy, and he is going to judge sin one of two ways. First way that God has judged sin is by putting his wrath where? On Jesus Christ, on the cross, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that's why the cross is centerpiece in most churches today. Well, not today. A lot of churches are taking it down because it offends people. And if the cross offends you, good. If the blood of Jesus Christ offends you, good. You know there's something irritating about that because you know there's truth in the Word of God. God has brought His wrath, His full wrath on sin, on Jesus Christ. And that's when Paul penned, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved because Jesus paid it all. But there's people like today going, I can't believe that. God's a God of love. He's never going to bring wrath. All I say is this, wait and see. You can be dumb as you want to be, right? You can wait as long as you want to, but you're going to face the wrath of God. If you let Jesus pay for it by receiving him as your Lord and Savior, yes, that's complicated, but yes, it's that simple. If you say, Jesus Christ, I am a sinner, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my sins. Would you forgive me? The Bible says Jesus paid it all, and the answer is yes, immediately yes. You then become a blood-bought saint of the living God. All these threats of wrath from God are not going to be on his church. He's going to remove his church. So therefore, you hear this, you say, Thank you, Jesus, that I know, that I know, that I know, that my knowledge replaces my fear. And day by day, you grow in your faith in the Lord. You don't become cocky, you become confident. And you walk day by day knowing, listen, though they blaspheme you, though they blaspheme the Lord Jesus Christ's name, though they persecute you, though they call you all kind of names, blessed are you. Amen? Because that's what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5 and 6. Look what he says. So God's wrath was poured out on Jesus for everyone who believes. But there's some knuckleheads in the society. It might be one of you uh, listen that says, I, you know what? I don't believe it. I can't believe all that God stuff. I can't believe that Jesus stuff. I was hurt in the church when I was little. I was abused or fill in the blank. I don't know what happened to you and I'm sorry. Whatever happened to you happened to you. But I'm telling you, based on the word of God, Jesus Christ paid it all. You will receive his gift of salvation because it is a gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. There's nothing you can do to get it other than to receive it as a gift from God. Ask him because he has to call you to himself, front and center, and then you receive that gift when he addresses you in your spirit. You say yes to God. He will not force you to be saved. But if you don't receive the wrath that God poured on Jesus Christ on the cross, we celebrate it, right? Every Christmas and every Easter, you'll hear it almost in every message because we celebrated at Christmas. Jesus came in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, to save sinners from their sin. That's you and me. And he died on the cross so that, listen, he said, what did he say at the end? God's wrath is being dumped on him. It gets pitch black. The earth quakes. And Jesus cries out, it is 
finished. The wrath of God was satisfied because his son, his holy, perfect son, died on the cross for you and me. So that's one way that God's wrath is satisfied. The other way is that it will be satisfying in the future. You're never going to satisfy it. Is that if you pay for it yourself, that you stand before God, the great white throne judgment, say, God, I was a good person. I gave to this cause. I helped the poor. I helped the needy. Lord, I did all these good things in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. And he's going to cast you into the lake of fire where you can for all of eternity on earth. When you get through the tribulation, you're going to pay that wrathfulness of God. You're going to feel it. And you're going to see it in chapter 16. And then when you get to hell, you're going to pay for it for eternity. You choose will you accept the free gift of salvation or will you burn in hell for the rest of your life? You say, Pastor, you believe there's actual fire and flames? That offends us in our culture today. I hope it offends you in your culture today. Amen? I don't care if you're watching my TV. I don't care what you're watching. Listen to the Word of God. It's fearful to fall into the hands of an angry God. God is a God of love, yes. First John says God is love. But God's a God of wrath, holy wrath. You don't understand it, and I don't fully understand it. But, but God's clear there is a payday someday for your sin. You're going to pay for your sin, or you're going to let Jesus Christ pay for your sin. There's only two ways that God's going to pour out his wrath. Let's continue now in verse 16. Excuse me, chapter 16. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of wrath of God on the earth. First bowl comes up, so the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth. And a foul and loathsome sore came upon men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Verse 3, then the second angel poured out his bowl, or vial, your your Bible might say vial, container, on the sea. And it became blood as of a dead man. And every living thing, every living creature in the sea, what happened, church? It died. Verse 4, then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. This is reminiscent of Exodus, when God did the miracles through Moses, you look back and see, God's actually, listen, there's nothing new under the sun. You want to worship false idols? You want to turn against God? God's going to bring his wrath. And this is what's happening here. Let's continue. And I heard an angel in verse 5 of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. We don't like judgment today, do we? You ever get a speed ticket and have to go to court? What do you have to say about the judge? Man, that joker, or she, you right, fill in the blank. You thought you were going to get off for free. A good judge is going to do what? They're going to judge you according to the law. There's grace sometimes, but you're going to get the judgment of the law, right? Or warning or whatever it might be. And if if somebody has a DUI and kills 15 people, we go, I think that person should get grace, right? What are the families of the people that died? What are they going to say? Grace, grace, judge, give them grace. That's what Jesus did. He walked into the courtroom when you were guilty saying, Lord, uh, judge, I'll take it. God, Father, I'll take it. And he took on your sin on himself. You deserve to go to hell. I deserve to go to hell because of our sin. And he gave us grace if we would simply receive it. Jesus stood in the gap. We would never think a judge in our community would be any kind of righteous judge that lets somebody, a violent offender off, right? 
We even think it's crazy today because look at New York and California. What are they doing? Uh, no cash bail, and you, just, you can come in as long as you don't steal anything over a thousand dollars. You can go break in a window, steal what you want, and go, and you're free to walk down the street in front of the police. How foolish is our society becoming? This is why we don't love each other as much as we should because the Bible says in the last days the love of many will wax cold because of their sinful deeds. So if somebody's, you you can't trust your neighbor, you can't trust somebody, your family members, you won't trust them so therefore you won't love them. You won't open up your house to them. You won't open up hospitality to them. You'll actually withdraw because you're like, who can I trust anymore? Especially in the church. If the church has betrayed you, if pastors are betraying churches, deacons are stealing, listen, it's happening all over the place. Because men love themselves more than they love God, and we go, who can we possibly trust these days? And so what we do is we withdraw, and hopefully that our family won't betray us. We, we, us four, no more, right? I'll, I'll let you in occasionally, but I'm going to watch you, right? Everybody's walking around with a pistol today. They're going to be John Wayne. They want to be the, they, they, I'm taking me and mine. Can't shoot the broadside of a barn, but they're going to protect you and me, right? You, I mean, I've... Open carry is about to happen, and I'm all about whatever Second Amendments. I'm going to protect me, right? But I'm telling you, I was in Chick-fil-A in Houston, Texas, and the guy in front of me had a 357 mounted to his side, and I'm like, you know what? If they put the pickles on that sandwich wrong and he gets crazy, I got nothing, right? So am I supportive of defending yourself? Yeah, but I'm like, wait a minute. These hands can do a little bit of damage, but I can't do nothing with a 357 revolver. And I'm sitting there looking. I couldn't even order. I'm like, I'm looking at Joker's pistol going, man, if he, if he, if he goes to scratch himself, I'm going to punch him in the back of the head. Right? I'm, I'm thinking, I don't like it. I don't like it to see it. But if you say, what if it's hidden? Well, at least you've got to dig somewhere to get it, right? I can run zigzags all I want to. But that open carry really bothers me when it comes to actually a human, when it comes to a process of being a human because don't bring a fist to a gunfight, right? I was always taught that as a kid. Here's what I want you to understand. Listen, God's bringing his wrath. There is no defense on this. There is no coming back from this, what's happening. It's about to, when God opens this up, how much of God's wrath are we getting? Are we seeing here? 100% all of God's wrath, the complete wrath of God's about to pour down. Let's continue. It's happening. Verse 8, then the fourth angel poured out his bowl of the, on the sun, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. They're still cursing God even after all these are happening. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom because of, became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sword, and did not repent of their deeds. Verse 12. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and it was dry, the water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs, which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty." Verse 15 is a side note. Jesus speaks. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walks naked and they see his shame. 16. And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. 17. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and the loud voice came out of the temple of heaven, saying from the throne, 
it is what? Done or it is finished. Your translation might say, does that sound like God's wrath being completed? Yes. Look at the sermon title today is this, God's final great tribulation judgments. Well, there's still more wrath that's coming after the tribulation. You say, wait, I don't read that there. It sounds like it's finished. Well, if you believe as a futurist and as a millennial kingdom, there's something coming after the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Christ. There's more to come. But here for the tribulation period, these seven years, God's bringing it to a finale. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came and said, It is done, and there are noises. Look at this, verse 18. Heaven we've seen has been extremely noisy, right? Praise, lightnings, thunderings, all kind of stuff in heaven's going on, except whenever God started these judgments, there was quietness for 30 minutes. But heaven's a loud place. If you don't like loud music, you're probably going to hate heaven, all right? Just for the record. It's going to be loud in heaven. So watch, and there was noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as had never occurred since men were on the earth. Now, just a side note, you think about the flood, Noah's flood, the, the earth broke open, the, the, the waters below, the waters above, just everything cascaded to the earth, caused a global flood. And, and the Lord says in his word, never before has an earthquake like this happened since man's been on earth. This is a massive, massive earthquake. Watch what happens. Now the great city was divided into three parts. That's Jerusalem. And the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon was remembered before God to give her. He said, oh, I don't forget this. I'm going to give you the cup of wine of the fierceness of his wrath. I'm giving you full throttle, you evil people, right? Then every island fled away and the mountains were not found. And great hell from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent, which is 75 to 100 pounds. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hell, since the plague was exceedingly great. Now, I want to get to your notes as quick as possible because Chuck Bishop ran out of time this morning when he was teaching, so uh, I'm not going to try to run out of time, Chuck. Listen, because you can't get into this stuff in enough time. Did anybody else in this class go over this morning when y'all were actually studying this? You, you get into it and you have to ask questions and you go, wow, God's word is amazing. Chuck preached my sermon today, this morning, so if you were in Chuck's class, I think he got my notes somewhere off the computer, so I'm just kidding. Chuck prepared today. It was a great word. I want you to go to your notes and see this. This is something empowering for us. When you see it going, wait a minute, is this like nuclear bombs going off? Is this that? This is supernatural power from God. Who created the heavens and the earth? Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Who can bring about destruction of the heavens and the earth? God, because Isaiah says it, and it says in Revelation, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Is it this earth recreated, destroyed, and remade? I don't know. Listen, that's between God and God. Amen? He didn't invite you to the council, did he? You don't have a throne up next to his throne. It, here's the deal. If we don't know, guess what? We don't know. Why dig into that? He says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. He said it. It's done. I believe it. I'm walking forward in faith saying, this planet is going to be either changed supernaturally or it's going to be recreated on a new heaven and new earth. We're not going to stay in heaven forever. We will be on earth. We will work the new earth. We will work for all of eternity. God gave us work because it was his joy, his blessing to give us work. God demonstrated it for us in the first seven days of creation or six days of creation. Then he rested. God's going to have all of eternity for you to work. Does that bother you if you're retired today? Does that bother you if you're looking forward to retirement? It's going to be the way that we worship God is through our gifts. Because remember, you've been saved by grace. Mitchell's verse, right? You've been saved by grace through faith, not of your works, 
can't brag before God. It's him, it's he that gave you the gift. And then verse 10 says, you were created, why? To do good works. You don't do good works to get saved. You were saved to do good works. And for all of eternity, you're going to do good works based on the word of God. Now let's go into those. God revealed to John great and marvelous sights that acted as a warning of terrifying and horrible events to come. You need to tell your neighbors, you need to tell your friends, co-workers, it's bad, bad stuff's coming. Really, really bad stuff. Somebody says, well, I don't believe all that stuff. I can't ask you about it in the future because I'm going to be in heaven and you're going to go through the stuff, right? So but just because you don't believe it does not, ma- does not mean that God's wrong. Just because you say, I, I can't believe that. Well, that's on you, right? I can tell you there's, a, there's an electrical outlet right here in front of the, 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 my pulpit here. And if anybody's willing, uh, Greg Derrick, where, where is Greg here? What is the voltage in here? 120. Does anyone believe him? Is it live? If you don't believe, bring your pocket knife up here, and I'm going to get you to stick it in both sides and tell me what you think, right? You can't see it. Can you see it? I guess if you have a voltmeter or something. But listen, do you believe me there's electricity? Do you believe, Greg, don't believe me because I don't know anything about electricity. Do you believe there's power in that outlet? You say, well, I don't believe it. Oh, give me a paper clip. <laughs> right? Go ahead and Burger King have it your way. Just because you can't see it, you say, I don't believe it. That's the way the word of God is. Here's the difference. You can see it in his word. You have to trust. Did God say so? And if God said so, it is so. Amen? So God has said so in his word. He gives to John. John saw seven angels who had the last seven plagues, afflictions or calamities. These are there's, there's no words we can actually use to describe how awful this is. They are last because this will complete God's tribulation wrath. God is pouring out 100% of his wrath on people. John received a vision of those victorious, redeemed, worshiping before God. Some people spend their whole life. What is this sea of glass that looks like fire? What is it? What is it? Let's do a study on that, Pastor. Let's, let's go a deep dive on that. Here's how deep I can go. Watch this. I'll show you. I can go deep on this. Right here, watch this. And John says, I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. There you go. That's your deep dive. What is it? Something like a sea of glass mingled with the fire. You say, well, I want to know more. Okay, it's a, something like a sea of glass mingled with the fire. Don't get busy tied up in what is a sea of glass. Look at, there's redeemed people standing on the sea of glass. It has something to do with the judgment of God. Fire is always the purifying thought of God. Hell's got full of fire. The sea is all that tribulation uh, movement sometimes, but John says it's like. It's like a still sea of fire. It's before the throne of God. He mentioned it also earlier in the Revelation. He's already mentioned this sea of glass before. So what is it like? Something like a sea of glass mingled with fire. Okay? He said, well, that's not theologically deep. Sorry. That's what it says. God's word says so, therefore it is so. If you can come to that place in your maturity in Christ that God's word says so, and I believe it, listen, because God said it, it's got to be true. Well, I believe I was taught, it doesn't matter what you believe, what you were taught, what does God's word say? Do you believe him? Either John's lying to us, this is, this is made up mayhem, 
or it's true, and I happen to believe that all Scripture, according to what Paul said, is given by the inspiration of God. It's profitable for you and me, for reproof, for doctrine. It's to help us along the Christian way. You either believe that, or you don't. You can't tear out pages that you don't like. Let's continue on to send your notes. John received a vision of those victorious, redeemed, worshiping before God. They're before his throne. Listen, when you get to before the throne of God, what are you going to do? Whether these are tribulation saints, whether it's you and me, what are we going to do when we get in the presence of God? Won't even compare to what we did today. Won't even compare to the greatest event that you've had here on earth. It's going to be continuous worshiping God, great God Almighty. They overcame the beast, they overcame his image, and did not receive his 666 mark. 666, three of them. John could not fully describe this great and marvelous sight. He just kept saying, it's like, and they're there, the victorious ones. I was shown this by God through an angel. I was shown this. And he keeps talking about the vision that he was shown. And I think John's an older man. So listen, this is a senior adult writing it, a man who's had life experiences. And he goes, all I can tell you is it's like. And, and he talks about what it's like. And he goes over and over, it's like. And he's trying to tell us, don't be here in the judgment. Be there in glory. Amen? Don't be here. Be there. That's what he keeps pointing to us. The seven angels were sent from the presence of God to release his full holy wrath on the earth. Is it holy wrath of God? The answer is 100%. Yes, because God is holy in anything he does. When God loves, it's holy love. When God hates, it's holy hatred. When God brings wrath, it's holy wrath. God is bringing if you will, 100% of his holy wrath. And they were coming from the presence of God, chapter 15 tells us. And it says, if you look at verse 6, it says, And out of the temple came the seven angels, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure bright linen, and having their chests girded with golden bands. If you go back to chapter 1, you see that's exactly what Jesus is wearing. They're coming from the presence of God. They're coming from the very throne of God, and they're fulfilling what he says to do. Let's knock these out, seven in a row. The first bold judgment, loathsome and malignant sores. This holy judgment plagued anyone who worshipped the beast and had his mark, 666. Not only were men not repenting of their sin, they were worshipping this false beast. They're going to worship the Antichrist. They're going to come back and say, you are our God. You are our leader. You prosper us. You give us the ability to buy and to sell. We love you. And they're going to give homage and they're going to bow down to him. And it's just going to bring God's wrath to maximum capacity. The second bowl the sea, the salt water turns the blood. This holy blood judgment caused the sea to instantly turn foul and disgusting. Every living thing in the sea died. It's hard to, everything in the, everything in the sea dies, right? But in John's vision, it died. So you got to talk about past tense, but it's future happening, right? Everything dies. Have you ever thought about that? Anybody, Chuck mentioned all these shellfish he likes to eat. It's going to be gone. I, I don't care about shrimp or lobster or I don't like any of that stuff crab I like sea bass and different fish but I told Chuck it, they can have all that stuff but can you imagine everything in the sea in the oceans going to die that's what the Bible says every living thing in the be- in the ocean dies third bowl judgment the fresh water rivers and streams turn to blood this holy judgment is recompense on the bloodthirsty men because of their evil the Bible says this is why the angel even says Lord you're worthy this is holy because they killed your saints they killed your prophets and now you've given them blood to drink there's nothing but blood in fresh water and blood in salt water 
Fourth judgment is this, it's, this is pretty severe. Severe solar heat which scorches people. This holy judgment caused solar radiation to severely burn humans. Instead of repenting, the people who are burned by this heat cursed God's name. They are blasphemers. Does that happen today? When somebody who's an un, just an alcoholic, raging addict, raging, uh, just an average, don't believe in God, just pick somebody who's not saved. You can give them all categorizations, right? But when something bad happens, you go, would God let this happen to me? Has anyone ever heard that from someone who's not a Christian? What's the problem with God? Thought he was a God of love. Why does he let this happen to me? It happens because we're sinful people, right? When sin brings what? Death, 100% of the time. So if you've had a bad issue, does bad things happen to bad people? Yes. Does bad things happen to good people? Yes. Why? Because sin entered into the world through Adam and Eve, and sin continues to this day. That's why babies die. That's why murderers kill. That's why anything you, that's bad in your life, that's why it happens. But people who don't believe in God, they don't want to darken the door of a church. They won't hear you preach the gospel or share with them. As soon as something bad happens, they'll say, why did God do this? See, God. And they'll use God's name in a very vain way. As a matter of fact, it's a very common practice to use God's name in a very vain way. Let's go quickly. Fourth bowl judgment, there's radiation. Fifth bowl judgment, darkness and severe pain. This holy judgment was directed at the throne of the beast and his kingdom. Everyone was plunged into darkness and people gnawed their tongues because of their excruciating anguish and severe torment. They loved their wickedness and refused to repent. Does that sound like today, our society today? People love doing evil today. They continue to blaspheme the God of heaven because of their anguish and their sores. Instead of turning to him, they turned away from him even further. Sixth bowl judgment, the great Euphrates River dried up. This holy judgment dried up the Euphrates River and removed a natural barrier which allowed nations from the east to sweep westward to join up with the forces of the Antichrist for the Battle of Armageddon. Satan will send spirits of demons to push evil men to this great day. And finally, seventh bowl judgment, massive earthquake and catastrophic weather and destruction. This holy judgment completed the tribulation wrath of God. Extreme noises, booming thunder, and white bright lightning filled the atmosphere. A massive earthquake like never before on earth caused severe damage to Jerusalem and to the rest of the world. Giant hailstones weighing about 100 pounds each fell on people. Still, men refused to repent of their wickedness, and they blasphemed God. The solar caps are going to melt. Water level is going to rise. Chaos is going to ensue. Listen, it's going to be a terrible time during this final 100% wrath of God. question is, are you ready to meet the Lord? Do you take it serious enough that actually you believe what God's Word says? If you do, listen, you, you can't make any decision besides, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't want to go through this, but I also want to live for him every day. That's an option that you have today because you're hearing the word of God. If the spirit of God draws you to himself, respond to him and say, I want what God's saying. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I don't, I don't want to be in these dark days. I don't want to be here. Or you have that option of doing it yourself. Listen, you can order the number one or you can order the number two. And the number two is going to be where you go through this judgment and you're going to spend eternity. If you get the mark of the beast, you cannot, in the right hand or the forehead, you cannot be saved. Hear me say that now. You'll think about it if you have a chance in the future, but if you receive the mark of the beast, you cannot, you will not be saved. How's people going to stand this? I heard this week, I was reading a report, actually I read a report about this week, of being transhuman. Have y'all heard that yet? Where they're converting and actually taking computers and integrating them with uh, embryos so they could actually be partially human and partially computer. It's new science right now that's happening and also the, the information of cells 
They can take a hair from anybody and create the male uh, sperm and also the egg out of a cell. They can, they can coax the cells to start going that direction. It's not completed science yet, but read, read it yourself. It's human DNA. That's what they're using. So let me challenge you today. Times are getting dark. It's happening. Technology speeding up so fast. I've warned you about uh, artificial intelligence that's coming. It's coming at a rapid speed that none of us can blink and even see. We don't have time for it today because we're going to do the Lord's Supper together, and then we're going to celebrate what Jesus Christ did. His blood paid the price so that we don't have blood in our rivers and streams when we're living here. Church, this is your warning. Friends, family, this is your warning. Will you accept Jesus Christ, or will you tell your friends and neighbors about Christ? Today is the day of salvation if you're not saved. But also, listen, we've got to live. We've got to imitate Christ out there. We've got those doors to live for him. Let's pray together. Father God, in the precious and holy name of Jesus, I pray today, if any of our family and friends that are here today or that are watching by television or by Lord, watching by the internet or Lord, whatever way we give out the word, if they hear us speak around the table, may we be faithful to share the love of Jesus Christ. Because, Lord, we don't want anyone to go through this. Even our enemies, Lord, the people that don't love us, that, that we don't really like particularly, we don't want them to go through any of this. Lord, it's in the precious and the holy name of Jesus, I pray that you would do a work in their hearts and lives, in our lives, Lord, that we would be faithful witnesses to love like you love and give this gospel out, give this warning out as well. In Jesus' name I pray and for his sake, amen.